Welcome into the Bear Down Podcast. I'm Chris Black with Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. You can listen to our show weeknights, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. Bear Down Podcast, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we talk Bears football with you right here on the ESPN Chicago app. What's going on, Abdal? Hello. Let's talk Bears. Well, I saw this in The Athletic uh, earlier today. Uh, it's a column about the rookie quarterbacks from last season. You know, and it was a, a top class, right, heading into the 2021 draft. We, we knew names like Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Uh, Trey Lance didn't really play much last year, but those were the quarterbacks coming into the draft. And, and so the column on The Athletic, it's uh, Nate Tice, uh, the 2021 NFL draft quarterbacks, how Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and others can improve. And it was actually pretty interesting going through this and finding the part about Justin Fields. Because I I think you and I have kind of taken over the corner on supporting and thinking that there is an elite quarterback within Justin Fields, and now he just has to develop into that point. And so some of the stuff that I saw in this article that I think is interesting to talk about is Fields' ability to go downfield with high level of success, but also his inability to avoid sacks and pressures and, and kind of play with a sloppy offensive line that he saw last year. And, and what it talks about in this article on The Athletic is the balance that Fields needs to have between knowing that he can go downfield, but also protecting the football, protecting himself, protecting the offense, and avoiding sacks. Yeah, he was second in air yards per attempt last season. So he had 9.8 air yards per attempt last season which was behind Russell Wilson. So he was second there, but he was also had the highest sack rate, 11.8%. Now, is that because of the bad offensive line? Is that because he holds onto the ball too long? Is that because he's looking way downfield and not taking the check down or not going to his legs and using his legs to run to get a couple yards instead of taking the sack? Yes, the answer is yes to all of those. The answer is absolutely yes to all of those. And he does need to, his clock needs to improve. He needs to get the ball out faster. Now, a new offense and an offense designed around getting the ball out faster and designed around pushing the ball downfield and maybe just what what uh, when Nate Tice goes into is saying an offense where you're looking for touchdown or checkdown, right? You're either going deep or you're going you're taking that checkdown right away. Where where have I heard that from uh, before? Have I heard that before? Touchdown or checkdown? Touchdown the checkdown. Where where have I heard that before? Hmm. Bears fans, hmm. is there a former visor wearing head coach that was here with his bald head who kept saying that? But his quarterback was in was unable yeah. to, to play in that style. Yeah, and I think that now you have to look at an offense that's tailored around not just, you know, dinking and dunking down the field and not, you know, going 10 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, or 5 yards, 5 yards, 7 yards, whatever. You're looking for big plays. You're looking for 15, 20 yards at a time. And if you don't see it, your check down is right there. Or you use your legs. Now, this is all predicated on having a more cohesive offense, running the ball, and having a better offensive line. Now, whether or not they have a better offensive line, we have to wait and see. But if they do have a better offensive line, the running game should be better, right? Which should lead to a more open field for Justin Fields, which should lead to more air yards down the field, which should lead to a better offense. One would think, one would hope. Um, you know, the, the stat that jumps out at me that makes me think 
back to the what from what we saw with Justin Fields at Ohio State. And it's it's that first stat. Justin Fields averaged 9.8 air yards per attempt last season. He ranked only behind Russell Wilson in the entire NFL as a rookie. And mm-hmm. and the key as you're explaining it and I think it's so perfect is that the problem most of the time with rookie quarterbacks is the moment they drop back, their eyes immediately go down because mm-hmm. they're worried about what's in front of them. They're worried about the, pa- the pocket collapsing. They're worried about the speed of the game. And the one thing Justin Fields from day one has been able to do is be willing per pass attempt to throw the football down the field, which we know in, in today's NFL makes such a big difference for the defense trying to plan and play against a quarterback willing to actually throw the football down the football field. So we we mentioned it, uh, I think, a few times is watching Fields play in college that, like, the ceiling for Justin Fields, we hope, is Russell Wilson. And the fact that already as a rookie, he's only behind Wilson as far as passing yard air attempt uh, yardage, mm-hmm. I, I think it is a great thing to kind of acknowledge and know that, like, if you sure up some of the other stuff, there is a, a option here that he could be really damn successful with with not too much help around him. See what I'm saying? Like what what I'm saying is like he's going to need better skill position players, no doubt. But if you could somehow sure up the offensive line and allow a quarterback with his skill set, which we saw at Ohio State, and now we've seen proven in the NFL, willing to go down the field and at Ohio State. He was one of the he was the most accurate quarterback going down the field. So if you give a quarterback like that time and the ability to actually make a decision to go down the field and, and not force it, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think what you said, it could help out everything else. And you might be able to to piecemeal together a pretty average offense, which would be a vast improvement to what we saw them last year, which then would bring up the level of the entire football team. I, I, I think like that's the stat that I would pull, pull from this and say that that is a very important stat, that he already, at a young age, in a, a, terrible, comp, in a terrible situation with, with bad um, game plans and, and no help on the offensive line, and just he wasn't set up for success. For a quarterback of, of that stage him in his career, a rookie to still continue to be able to go down the football field. And the only other quarterback that, that beats him out on that is Russell Wilson. I, I think that's something to acknowledge. Yeah. And there's a line in this article about uh, all the rookie quarterbacks that kind of stands out to me where it says at the very end of the Justin Fields part where he needs to learn that he doesn't have to always be the hero and that will help Fields out tremendously and save him from unnecessary hits. Like you don't need, this is in Ohio state, right? And the reason we are high on Justin Fields is because we've seen him do this before like we've seen him be successful and people are like oh he's a runner he's he's not a pocket pass he doesn't like to run he doesn't like to run he's a pocket passer first and he let he was the most accurate pocket passer in college football before he was drafted by the bears that year he put it on clemson in the college football playoff one of the best defensive teams in the country and then he hung with alabama for like a half and then alabama you know did what they usually do at least that year and kind of ran away with it. Um, but he needs to figure out that 
Chris Olave is not going to be open down the field, right? Like, no shade to Byron Pringle and Darnell Mooney. Sounds like you're throwing or, shade. Or to Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze or to even Matt Nagy. You're throwing shade. They're not Ryan Day, right? They're not scheming guys open. And they're also, you're in the NFL. You know, you're not playing Northwestern. Right? Like, you're not, even though that's one of the bad games for fields, but you're not playing games against, you know, sub competition. You're playing against NFL players. You're playing against guys who are the best of the best. And everybody on that field is some of the best of the best in the country. So, to me, he's got to figure out that it's okay to check down and not take the sack. That if you look up and you see dudes in your face, throw the ball away. Like, don't fumble. That's, don't hold on to the ball too long. And that's, to me, that's rookie stuff. That's stuff that's teachable. You can teach someone to speed up their internal clock. You can teach someone to not throw the ball away. You can speed up your internal clock. Don't give me that look. No, what I'm saying oh, okay. is, is I don't think you can teach someone to, to have a, uh, ability to go down the football field. Oh, no, no, no. And, no. and stand in there. Like, like Accuracy, that's something that you yes. can't teach. You Ac- can't teach someone to have the mindset touchdown to, to check down. Like, you couldn't teach, like, we couldn't teach Trubisky uh, no. accuracy. No. He was overthrowing dudes, underthrowing dudes. Always. But with Fields, if he's got wide receivers that can win a one-on-one matchup and you hope that Mooney develops into a better player than he was last year, Byron Pringle will be a guy that he looks to a lot. Felix Jones will be a guy to, that he looks to a lot as well. And then hopefully, you know, next offseason, we're talking about, oh, my God, they added insert wide receiver here. Like, it's going to be amazing. But you have to see the progression from Fields. I want to see more. I'm not saying he was great last year. He was bad last year. Like, he ranked 33rd out of, 30, out of qualifying quarterbacks for a reason. Like, he wasn't good. I'm not saying it was entirely his fault either, but some, like a lot of it was his fault. He's fumbling the football, right? He's taking the sacks when you should be throwing the football away. Yeah. He wasn't used to that at Ohio State. He's not used to being hit at Ohio State. He's not used to having to throw the ball away. He's used to guys being open and having five, six seconds to throw the ball if he wants to. Well, so you've got to learn from that, and that's why last year was such val- – like I don't consider this last year a wash – you were out there, you were playing, you were bad, so now you need to be better. Cosign. I would say the the other part of that is he was in such a crappy situation last year. Uh, that's not the excuse. But if you limit, like, I feel like some of it was because he was in such a bad situation, he wasn't sure if he would be the starter from week to week, mm-hmm. right? Like, Nagy did this thing where they kind of named him the starter, but then when, like, injuries, oh, well, we don't know. And now Dalton's maybe, healthy. Maybe, maybe Dalton's he'll start. Well, like, yeah. Because of the way they handled it, if you're out there, you think you have to make every play, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so if you remove that crap <laughs> from, the, from the equation and you look at it and say, yeah, I mean, you'll have a game next week. If you didn't make the play this week, maybe you make it next week. And you check it down, you you tuck the football under your arm, and you you slide, and you're, you're six yards short. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. It's fine. You know, like, think back to your, in your mind, all the different times you've seen Tom Brady just throw it in the dirt, throw it away, just not even, you know, second quarter, third quarter. Game's not necessarily in the balance, but Brady's just, no, nope, this play didn't work. 
he t- he throws it into the dirt. Well, remember like, the year like was it two years ago that Aaron Rodgers only threw like two interceptions because in his yeah. touchdown interception ratio rate was crazy. And you know why? Because he threw the ball away. Yeah. Whenever he didn't see, he just didn't see it. He goes, nope, sideline. Nope, sideline. And, and part of that is is maturity, development. Yeah. It's also part of it is the current situation of a coaching staff and a front office being behind the quarterback saying, hey, you're the guy for the next 10 years, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Like one play against the Lions in, in October isn't going to make or break your career. So just run out of bounds. It'll yeah. be fine. Like yeah. don't take the hit. No. Near the sideline, get to the sideline, and be out of bounds. Just throw it away. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of that last year was because of the complete dumpster fire that Nagy was trying to coordinate with his his uh, favorite quarterback Dalton, and then trying to develop Fields. But like, so then Fields is out there thinking he has to make every play. I I just think there's a lot to it. So the article, if you want to check it out, uh, the 2021 NFL Draft quarterbacks: How Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and others can improve. It's from Nate Tice on The Athletic. It's a good article. Uh, you, there's also a good uh, screen grabs there on, on when Justin Fields selected to go downfield and why. With four verts, he was able to stretch the football field where some rookie quarterbacks, uh, like we were talking about, their eyes come down, the defenses find them a bit predictable, and it's, it's easier for the defensive side of the ball and harder on a rookie quarterback when Fields was willing to go down the seam to find Jimmy Graham uh, in between two defenders and lengthen uh, and stretch that defense. So it's a good article on The Athletic. Uh, Abdel, I also wanted to ask you about this. Did you see uh, from uh, from Dan Pompey earlier this week uh, in reference to the Piccolo Award that went out to the best, uh, to the rookie player for the Chicago Bears, and usually you would think a rookie player a uh, quarterback, right, would be the guy who gets the Piccolo Award, which is like the best best teammate type of award, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the award went to Khalil Herbert. And I don't want to use this to discredit Khalil Herbert, but Dan Pompey has pointed out that this is what took place, which then has led to others questioning, why is your quarterback, your face of the franchise, not the guy that the teammates are voting on for the Piccolo Award? Why is that guy not winning the award that the teammates are deciding that's the best teammate? Uh, Khalil Herbert got it. I, I think my initial response would be, okay, that's interesting. Your, your face of the franchise should probably be that guy. But also, what if Khalil Herbert's just a really great teammate? You know, like what if he's just like such a super teammate and everyone knows it, everyone sees it, and thus they reward him for the award? Yeah, I mean that that could be the case. It it could be like like. Do you immediately I mean, hear this and think, oh, Justin Fields must be a crappy teammate? No, I, it's it's weird with quarterbacks because I want my quarterback to be a little arrogant. You know what I mean? Like I want him to be cocky. I want him to be confident. I want there to be that. Not necessarily like D bag mentality, but like he's he's the best. He's been the best player wherever he's been, right? High school, college, he's been the best player wherever he's been. And to come into Chicago and to have a guy who you might know is on his way out tell you that guess what? We drafted you in the first round. We traded up for you. You're not starting. Andy Dalton starting and then week to week it's like I don't know I don't know I don't know like and then you know like you he went to Ohio State 
he knows what greatness looks like. Sure. Like, he knows what it takes to compete at a championship level and to make a playoff. Like, he knows what that looks like. And you're looking at, at, like, I think we're figuring out that Nagy is awful. Like, Nagy's a bad coach, not a good leader, all that stuff. And that might have some form of trickled of checkdown effect, right? And Or checkout effect, not check. I'm still thinking about him checking down. Checkout effect, right? Like, at a certain point, you're just like, you're not going to be around next year. I don't have to deal with you. Right? Like, it's kind of like a boss who you know is going to get fired. Like, I don't have to listen to you. Yeah. You're getting fired. Oh, yeah. You're getting fired. I'm sure know. everyone's been in that position. Of they course. know how that is. Of course. You're at a position. You know your man. Like, you've heard the rumblings. You know your boss is on his way. And you're like, I don't need to listen to you. You're on your way out anyway. Dead man walking. Exactly. Or, like, how about this? Even better, you know you've got, you've got a week left at your job. And you know you're done. Like, you know you're, you've already quit. You've put in your two weeks. Are you kidding me? Two... Pff. You think I'm you think I'm working that last week? Come on, come on! I'm trying. I'm trying to think. The last time I quit a job, I I worked the the two weeks. You out. worked, but did yeah. you put the effort in? Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't. It was yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like. But I also wasn't. I didn't pull the um. Uh, the move where um. I'm like blank you, blank you, blank you. No, I'm no, out. no, no, no. But like, I'm not. Am I am I trying as hard? Do I take a do I take a thirty five minute break instead of a thirty minute break? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. What are you yeah, gonna do? Yeah, I do. What are you gonna do? Fire me? I, I mean, already quit. Yeah, well, I mean, it's also Dairy Queen, so yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It was also the Apple Store. <laughs> no, but like that's why I'm saying like it wasn't it wasn't like it was terrible work. It was no, uh, that's my point. It's like I'm making ice cream for people. You're you know you're helping people with their Mac products. No, you're right. You like, know what I probably did? Yeah, I actually now that you say that, you know what I probably did is I probably milked, uh, like so so working at Apple, at least the way it was when I worked there, and this is probably almost ten years ago now. More than 10 years ago. More than that, yeah. Uh, So when I worked there, I was a a specialist. So those are the people who are like in the sales floor who can can sell you stuff and or help you with things. Yeah. And then there's people who like sit on the sides and they teach classes. Those are called creatives. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the people behind the genius bar, which most people know those are the geniuses, right? Those are the technicians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so most of my day was spent as a specialist. And so when... Like Apple at the time, I don't know if it's still the case now, but like you don't make commission on sales. Like they do chart how much you sell of things and Mm -hmm. and there's different metrics you have to hit, but there's no commission, right? Yeah. So if I helped you futz around with your iPod trying to fix your iPod, that's a benefit to them as much as me trying to yeah. sell you a computer. Yeah. Like they they want the customer experience to have satisfaction no matter the issue, no matter what they come into the store. So like what I probably did, now thinking back to it, in those final two weeks, is I probably sought out people with like the little problems. Because you don't have to sell. That take a lot of time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not that I didn't want to have to, but it, it was very... Um, it was like the same process over and over again, right? Yeah. So, like, you start, you, you know, oh, what are you using it for? Okay, what are you, you like, this is it? And, and, like, and you, like, go through the same, like, talk track to every person. It's boring. So, like, if you came in with a major problem with your iPod or your phone or something, like, something, like, there was no penalty if I helped someone for, like, an hour. An hour and a half. Yeah. 
yeah. to try and figure out their, their stupid iPhone problem. Yeah. Or, or whatever, or email. Like, if someone had a problem with their email connecting to the, to the cloud and, like, mm-hmm. whatever that, like, and most of the time that was, like, them contacting customer service, but I, or, like, you know, over the phone. And yeah. I was just standing there helping them do that. Yeah. Like, there was no penalty for doing that over, like, trying to sell computers or phones. And so I get, I bet you now thinking back to it, the final two weeks, I probably sought out those type of customers. So, so I didn't have to do anything. Like you just stand there and try and help them do it. Well, to me with Dairy Queen, it was like, <laughs> I opened a lot. So who's getting a Dairy Queen like right at 11 o'clock? Well, no one. I'll tell you the answer. People, no one. Some people. So like, did I show up at 11? All right, that's that's a fair point. So it was so I was there in case someone like came to the window and they wanted something. Sure, but you weren't like, ready. I wasn't ready. No, no, but the like, dip wasn't ready. No, uh, but, freshly. Uh, no, but like okay, like with Dairy Queen, you show up at like ten forty five to make sure everything's ready. Like I'm showing up fifteen minutes later, or taking an extra smoke break, or like you know taking a longer longer time with things exactly you kind of check out because yeah. you know i'm done no you're right you're, like, and you're I not gonna fire me because like i worked at the store in northbrook so you know you got a lot of the uh like older mm-hmm. um ladies who would come in and they like the it's their event for the day yeah it was getting to the apple store and they wanted to put their their digital photos on their imac but mm-hmm. then they they like got someone to load their iMac into their Buick, drive up oh, to yeah. the store, yeah. and then you had to go out to the curb, oh, no. get the iMac, bring it in. Yeah, but but the best part about that is that that killed like 15 minutes right there. Oh, absolutely. You got to get a yeah. cart. You got to yep. do this. You got to yep. meet them there, the whole thing. And then by the time you get it in there, you got to set it up. Okay, there's another 10 minutes. And so, so I probably helped like little old ladies uh, put pictures onto their computer yeah and like all right all right see y'all later peace so am i worried that justin fields isn't a leader no because he, of this well he might so, have just not liked his job for the last well, couple months of the season this is from the bears website so bears players vote for teammates who best exemplify the courage loyalty teamwork dedication and sense of humor of brian piccolo that's how they vote for the award now yeah for sure you would like your quarterback to win this award. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, maybe Khalil Herbert is that great of a guy. You know, Robert Quinn also won, so it's Quinn and Herbert were the two winners. Um, but courage, loyalty, teamwork, dedication, sense of humor. That's what they thats what they voted on. Well, maybe Fields isn't funny. Uh, so those are the two bears things I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, also, uh, some NFL news and notes. <laughs> NFL news and notes. Uh, are you aware... That uh, Lamar Jackson is up for a, a contract. I've heard such things. And Lamar Jackson with the Ravens, he is skipping OTAs. All right. Wait, what do you mean, all right? <laughs> do you not think that's a problem that he's skipping OTAs? Is it a problem that Robert Quinn's not there? Well, is Robert Quinn not at OTAs because of a contract situation? He's just not there because he's a vet. Okay. Lamar Jackson's a vet. Well, he, but this, I think this is linked to a, to wanting a new contract. Yeah, that's fine. He can want anything he wants to play out your contract. Also, <sighs> for the last four seasons, Lamar Jackson has attended OTAs. All right, so maybe so this it's is something, something new. Maybe it's something. Okay, maybe it's something. Is he going to hold out? I don't think so. But he probably is trying to put a little pressure on the Ravens to sign him to a deal. 
So, like, the, the reason I saw the, this and I, I thought it was interesting is, like, Lamar Jackson is one of the young, very good quarterbacks who we, like, don't really talk about too much because he's won an MVP, but he's not elite. Like, we never put him in that category of the, the very top quarterbacks. Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Brady. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we discuss Matthew Stafford. He's in that second tier. Yeah, he, he's in that second group. Um, he's up for his uh, fifth-year option, right? And so it, it's time now for the Ravens to give him a massive deal. And we've seen some of these other quarterbacks get these humongous new fresh contracts, new paper. But the catch is this. I would assume that the Ravens want him for the long term. But there are flaws in his game. Mm-hmm. I would bank on him always improving, and and you have a guy that's already won the MVP with his skill set. I would just, I would pay it, and I would get it over with, and I would just lock him in long term. I wouldn't play this game. I, I would. You, you're not sold on Lamar Jackson. I'm sold on him, but I also, I don't know if he's the quarterback that you hamstring your franchise with as the highest paid. Like, he's going to be the highest-paid guy, but you also need to find ways to not be in a Seahawks situation where Russell Wilson is making the most money and then everything else suffers. Yeah, and, and Russell Wilson, for how good he is, he wasn't good enough to make up for it. That's I mean, they, they were fighting for playoff positioning, and they were making the playoffs, like, but they is, weren't advancing. Is Lamar playoffs. Jackson good enough to deal with subpar talent elsewhere because everyone else is making so much money? You know, he was also upset on social media after the draft uh, because the Ravens traded away Hollywood Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's I, I think Baltimore is an interesting situation. We assume each and every year they're going to be good. Uh, I, but I think part of that is because Lamar Jackson is very good. And I don't think the Ravens shouldn't pay him. I think they should pay him. I think they should pay him too, but it's a question of how much. Like, you're not going to make him the highest paid quarterback. But but that's how it works. The new quarter, the quarterback who's up for a new deal. Quarterback in the NFL. If you're the quarterback up for a deal, you get the highest highest amount of money. Baker Mayfield isn't. Yeah, but for a deal. But Baker, no one wants him. Okay. I would imagine people would line up for Lamar Jackson. Then trade him. So so you think that this is going to go to a place where they're going to have to trade him? Well, or they just make him the highest paid player. Like that's that's the difference. Like the difference is here that you you can't. Like, there has to be a middle ground. Like, guys, like, I understand you want to be the highest paid and you think you're the best and everything, but you got to understand your place in the league. You're not the best quarterback in the NFL. You're not top tier. So you don't get top tier money. And if you don't like it, okay, fine. This is a franchise that had Joe Flacco as their quarterback for how long? They won a Super Bowl with him. That's fair. Other news and notes in the NFL uh, yesterday with the 49ers. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said they, they expect to trade Jimmy Garoppolo here this summer. They don't. They don't expect to have Garoppolo. Yeah. But also, uh, Trey Lance, speaking to reporters uh, during OTAs this week, said that he was dealing with a finger issue, a right index finger injury, throughout of all of last season. He hurt it in the preseason, mm-hmm. and he was hurt throughout last season. Hmm. Uh, so Trey Lance admitted that today uh, or this week uh, to reporters out in San Francisco. But it sounds like in San Francisco, Lance will be the opening day starter since they, they think they're going to move Garoppolo right. before the start of the season. So it's I, a winnable I, game now. 
Well, I'd ask you this: Where, like, who still doesn't have a quarterback? Uh, the Panthers. Um, they don't. Who's the Panthers' quarterback? I mean, Garoppolo, Darnold. What's the difference? Oh, Garoppolo's better than Darnold. I mean, really? Yes. I'll take the crab juice. No, you'll take Darnold because I know you have a. Uh, no, that's not true. Him. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo healthy. All the right. Seahawks don't have a quarterback. That's right. It's, they have Geno Smith right now, right? I don't. Okay. So, yeah, but are the 49ers training Garoppolo in the division? No. I'm just, you said who doesn't have a quarterback. I'm naming teams that don't have a quarterback. All right. The Steelers just drafted one, so they won't do that. Mm, it's probably those two teams. I mean, the Texans, kind of. Hmm. I think uh, I think because they're young and they're going to try and win with defense, I think they keep Davis Mills. Mm, good luck to them. NFL news and notes, Abdal. Headline from ESPN.com. New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson, now at 221 pounds, says he feels like a better athlete with more weight on. Uh, the first uh, couple of uh, paragraphs here, Jets quarterback, expect to see a bigger and better Zach Wilson in 2022. He's already checked the bigger box. After finishing last season at 208 pounds, the second-year quarterback reported to OTA practices this week at 221 pounds. How about that? Zach Wilson, a beefier Zach Wilson. What do you think about that? Are you interested in more beef? He's a skinny person. He was very thin. It's about time he hit the weight room. You got to absorb those hits, man. What, is he going to look like Josh Allen now? What's Josh Allen weigh? (laughs) Josh Allen's, uh, I would assume, more than 221. I would think so. Josh Allen is doesn't have a weight on here. Hold on, I gotta click on it. Two thirty seven. All right, two thirty seven. Beefy. Yeah. Beefy. How tall is uh, Zach Wilson? Is he shorter? Josh Allen's six five. He's six two. All right. He doesn't look six two. He does not look six two. Uh, shout out to I'm trying to think of who sent it to us. So yesterday we were hosting with Carmen uh, in spring trading, mm-hmm. and someone tweeted us because we were talking about the Bulls and Kobe White, and shout out to to the guy that tweeted us because uh, it was funny. He was saying that Kobe White is the shortest six two guy he's ever seen in his life, and I agree. That's I feel funny. the same way about Zach Wilson. Does Kobe White play like someone? Oh no, no, six no, six. Yeah. Does Kobe White play like someone who's six no. six? He plays like Chris Paul. Right. Yeah. But Kobe White is 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, yeah. How short, how short is Chris Paul? 6'2", 6'3"? Yeah, Basketball Reference uh, has Kobe White at 6'5". He does not play like someone who's 6'5". Chris Paul's 6 feet. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, like, when, when Kobe White is playing, you're not, like, he doesn't look... No. ...at the same height as, like, other people who are... Like, let me guess. I would guess... Danny Green, I would guess that he's like 6'6". You know, the uh, shooting guard for the Sixers? I know who it is. Bingo, 6'6". Six, six. Look at you. Like, he looks like someone who's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Kobe White does not look 6'6". No. Six, six Maybe with all. the hair. And and Zach Wilson doesn't look 6'2". Six, six, he looks like my height, and yeah. I'm at best 5'10", 5'11". 
This year with the hair. I'd say 5'9". I need haircut. All right, NFL news and notes. Some good quarterbacks up there. Good quarterback conversation. Justin Fields' concerns, uh, the Dan Pompey observation, and then also the article from The Athletic. Uh, We record this podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, It's the Bear Down podcast. Subscribe, tell a friend, check it out each Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, I'm Chris Bleck with Adam Abdal. Check our show weeknights, 6 to 8 on ESPN 1000. It's Bleck and Abdal. Until the next edition of the Bear Down podcast, we'll talk to you then.